You all know that I love everything natural and holistic. That's why I was so excited to partner with Avi Supplements. I've been using Avi Supplements to keep me healthy and strong because a healthy body leads to a healthy mind, resulting in a healthier sex life. Sexual health, mental health, and physical health are all intertwined. They're so important. So using Avi Detox reduces my bloat, leaving me feeling more confident and prepared for sexy time. Avi Apple Cider Vinegar Gummies taste delicious and are fun to take every single day. I look forward to taking these. Lastly, Avi Mermaid Multi provides the daily essential nutrients I need every day as a woman. So make the obvious choice today and use discount code Lauren Coletti to get 15% off. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-C-O-L-L-E-T-T-I to get 15% off your purchase at myavi.com. How are you today? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Good. I like to hear that. Yeah. What's on your mind today? Um... I don't know. I don't really have that much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like a little fight with Nick over the weekend, though. So I guess we could talk about that. Um, I stood up for myself. Good. So I'm good, good to hear that. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Um, so essentially, it was kind of fucked up. Um, he didn't tell me that his mom had COVID and he let oh. me come to his house So I got really mad about that, and then he told me that it was my fault because I said mixed signals, like, completely, like, turned it around and, like, tried gaslighting me, and I was just not having it. So I almost just, like, left his house. I'm like, all right, I'm not doing this again. And then he's like, you can't just walk away in the middle of a fight. Like, couples are supposed to talk things out. You don't want to, like, work it out and talk about it. And it was just, like, a whole fight. So. Mm -hmm. You see how he wants to play by both rule books here? Like, okay, yeah, we could stay and talk about it if I was dealing with a healthy, rational thinking person. I don't have to stay here and talk to you if you're going to continue to gaslight me and and put all the blame on me, right? That's the difference. Sure, if, if this was a rational thinking person and we wanted to chat it out, cool, that's fine. But I don't have to stay here and be gaslit by you. It is okay to walk away. Yeah. He, the way he, like, said it, though, made it seem like I was just, like, giving up on the... Of course. Of course he made it seem like that. And he said that um, it's a double standard because I'm allowed to tell him how I feel. But he said whenever he tries to tell me how he feels, I make it about me. And it's always just about my feelings and not about his. Mm-hmm. How does he tell you how he feels? I don't really know. Um, He said that he, like, got... I got... Essentially, the story was his dad had COVID, like, a week ago. So I don't want to be near that, obviously. Like, I don't really care about me, but, like, I live with my mom, and she's almost 70. So Mm. I I don't want to get her sick. And then Christmas is in, like, three days. I'm going to be with my family. Like, I don't want to get them sick. Mm -hmm. Um, So his dad, like, stayed home for a week. I didn't go to his house, whatever. Then on Sunday, it was a week since then. So I was like, okay, I'll come over on Sunday since we're going to the movies by him anyway that day. So I went to his house on Sunday like 
not feeling great about it. I didn't want to be near the dad because, you know, he had COVID. So I tried to avoid him, but I was around like the mom. And then it's, it's like six o'clock at night. We're getting ready to go to the movies. And I asked the dad how he was feeling. And his dad was like, yeah, I'm feeling like better now. I feel fine. But, you know, Gina, she's, you know, she has COVID now from taking care of me. And I, and the mom was like coughing near me earlier in the day. And I was just like, oh, and then I went upstairs and it came back in his room. And I was just like, when were you going to tell me your mom has COVID? Like I was really angry, you know? And then I guess I should have said it in a less defensive way. He said, because he said, it's okay for you to talk to me like that, but it's not okay when I do. So I guess I could have said it a lot nicer. And then he just got really defensive and he was just like, you know, you told me like a little while ago that if someone has COVID that I came in contact with that you'd rather just not know. And I was just like, well, it's different if I'm at your house with the people (laughs) that have COVID. It's it's Mm -hmm. different. And he's like, how am I supposed to know like the specifics of the details of when it's okay and when it's not okay? And then he's like, you're just, you play these like, what'd he say? He said, you send these mixed signals to me all the time and I'm just supposed to decode them. And then when he said that, I got really pissed off. I was just like, we're not doing this. Like I told you a week ago that I'm not dealing with this and you're doing it again. Yeah. And it just caused this big fight. And then he just started apologizing and I was going to leave. But then I guess I didn't because I didn't want to ruin the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And how does he apologize? What types of things does he say? He's he's not the best apologizer. He's the kind of person that says, I'm sorry that what I did, that what I said upset you. Or Like, it's not like, I'm sorry for what I said. It's sorry that you felt this way. Yeah, about. that you took it that that's way. That's what he said. That, mm-hmm. He said, I'm sorry you took it that way. And I was just like, that's not a real apology. Yeah. That's yeah. like a manipulative apology saying like, oh, what I did was fine, but you just took it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how have you been since then? Um, We've been good for the most part, but like I've, the older I get, the more annoyed I get when people say they're going to do things and they don't actually do it. Like, it's really, it's a big pet peeve of mine. It really pisses me off when people, like, don't have that integrity or dignity, whichever it is, that, like, they say they're going to do something and then they don't follow through. Yeah. And I feel like every person I've ever dated does that. Like, Mm -hmm. they'll say, I'm going to do this for you. They never follow through. I don't know if they think I forget or they just didn't mean it when they said it. Yeah. But, like... That's that happened too because he said um, when we got back together he's like I'm gonna buy you these flowers and I'm gonna buy your mom flowers and like I love flowers so I got really excited about it and then he never did and then he said when we went to the mall the other day he was like and I don't mean to sound like a gold digger or whatever but he was like I'm gonna buy you like a gift card to Lush because I love the store Lush same <laughs> it's bad I love it so much and um we went into Lush and like he didn't offer to get me anything and like he just says he's always gonna do these things for me or get me these things and he never does so I just don't understand if like maybe I take it too seriously or maybe I'm just being greedy or 
Like, I don't, I don't understand why people do that. Yeah, they're, they're false promises. And you're not thinking too much into it, right? If somebody says something to you, why would you not think that they were being sincere mm-hmm. in what they're saying? Yeah, I just, I don't understand why people do that, though. Like, yeah. And that's a part of sense. love bombing. Oh, is right? it? <laughs> Sometimes they'll actually right. show up with the flowers and the gifts, like like how when you guys got back together, right? But sometimes it's also like painting this picture of something yes. that's that's not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, you know, this is just how it is right now. But, you know, once we get married and once we get a house together, like things will be so different. But you have to look at what's in front of me right now. What's in front of me right now is you telling me something and you're not following through. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't follow through, then maybe don't say these things. And if he can't not say these things, why is he saying them? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because when you said that, I thought of um, my ex, he told me, I think he knew I wanted to end the relationship with him. This was from like five years ago. He said, if you stay with me for another six months, I'll buy you hair extensions. Because hair extensions, they're expensive. They're like thousands of dollars. And I remember him saying that to me as kind of like a bargaining like thing, which was interesting. But Nick does it a lot too. Like he's never said anything exactly like that. But for my birthday in July, um, I've always wanted to go to Montauk. Like we live on Long Island. Most of us have gone to Montauk. I've never been there. So I've always wanted to go. And the whole summer... We're going to go on a trip for Mon- to Montauk for your birthday. Never happened. Like, and that's just, not that I expect him to, like, take me on these, like, extravagant trips and, like, buy me all these gifts or whatever. But it's, like, don't say it then if you yeah. don't plan on doing it. I just, I don't yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense to me. Also, just to validate, that is also my number one pet peeve. Is it? It is. Oh Literally, my, my number one pet peeve. Yes. So I'm like, stop saying it then. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to do it. It's annoying. It, it, it is. It's very annoying and it's frustrating. You get your hopes up for something and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're gold. Or, no, if someone's saying these exciting things to you, okay, cool, I'm down. Right? But if there's no follow through, you're just, you're painting me a picture of something that's just not reality. Yeah, and it happens a lot, too, with my friends, air quotes, because a lot of people that I make plans with, like, last Tuesday, we had plans, my girlfriend and I, to do this thing that I told this person I would do for a long time, and I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm going to see if Krista could reschedule so that we could go to this event, because it would make the other person really happy, so I switched, like, all my plans like accommodated to go and then it was at 7 30 right it's mm-hmm. 702 and I get a text canceling saying oh sorry can't go and I feel like every once in a while like I understand things come up but it's like a constant thing with people that I try to make plans with yeah. my friends and they always bail on me at the last minute which wow. is really aggravating for me because yeah. I'm just like, don't make the plans then if you don't know if you can show up. <laughs> yeah. 
No, a hundred percent. And you went so out of your way to change your schedule around and everything. So how do you respond usually when that happens? Yeah, this is my bad because I'm always just like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like that's definitely my fault because I'm not good with setting boundaries or like asserting myself whatsoever. So I just let it keep happening. Yeah. What do you think would happen if you said something like, oh, I'm actually kind of disappointed. Like, I, I changed everything around for this. I wish you could have given me more of a heads up. I don't know. I, I get, like, scared even thinking about it. It's so uncomfortable <laughs> for me. I feel like I could never do that. Like, maybe I could, but it's just so awkward for me to have that conversation. Like, I'd rather drink bleach, like, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I, I don't want to be, like, a bitch. Like, I, I never want to be... Not that it's mean to say it, but... Because the thing is, again, right, it's the way that you say it. You're not saying, you made me reschedule my whole thing, and, you know, that's really fucked up that you just canceled on me last minute. That's (laughs) kind of being a bitch. But if you're saying, listen, I kind of, you know, went out of my way to have this thing planned. Like, I really would have appreciated more of a heads up. What can someone say to that? I mean, if someone said that to me, I would be like, oh, thank you for letting me know. I'm sorry. Like, it won't happen again. Yeah. Um, But I feel like if I said that to someone, they would just, like, ghost me and cut off the friendship. (laughs) Well, but that's your kind of answer to what that friendship is then, though. Because you're right. If somebody said, like, if one of my girlfriends texted me something like that, my response would have been the same as yours. I'm really sorry. You know, that's my bad. Next time I'll do better to, you know, either let you know sooner or make sure my schedule's clear. Right? That's somebody who's being respectful of that other person's time. Yeah. So when you have somebody that you're just stating how you feel and they're going to either ghost you, not answer you, or be rude back to you, it's kind of showing you that they're not respectful of your time and of your boundaries that you're putting up. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a respect thing, like, of my time, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing for me. And I've so been there, though, like, on the other end where I had, I don't know if it was social anxiety or what, but I was just very, like, anti-people, like, avoid. <laughs> and yeah. um, I would cancel, like, on my friends all the time. Back when I was, like, 19, we'd make plans. The day comes, I cancel on them. And now mm-hmm. that I'm 27, like, I feel terrible that I did that because I'm, like, that's so disrespectful and, like, inconsiderate of the other person's time. Yeah. But so I understand both ends of it. That's the thing. And, like, mm-hmm. I just need to get a lot better at asserting myself because I think this is just always been an issue for me that I feel bad I don't want to offend anyone I don't want them to think poorly of me so I just accommodate and like people please or whatever just so that I don't like um shake the boat I guess yeah yeah you've brought that up and even before when you told me like well I I kind of just forgave him because I didn't want to ruin the movie right (laughs) but what if I told you this is not possible the expectation that you're setting for yourself to never upset anybody because you're a human being. Mm -hmm. So what if, what would happen if we took some of that pressure off 
and understand sometimes, okay, we might mess up, whether we mess up or if it's something intentional that I don't want to be here anymore, right? And this person gets upset. I'm a human being. How do you feel about something like that? Um, it's just weird because I have a lot of room for like understanding other people. Like I, I always say there's like nothing someone could do to me. I wouldn't forgive. But then when it comes to like myself, it's just like, nah, like I can't, I can't upset someone. Cause then I feel guilty or like, I remember a few years ago, um, same ex I was talking about, I thought of this the other day because yesterday was his birthday. So I was thinking about him a lot. But I remember, like, being so miserable in that relationship. Like, to the point where I was suicidal. I wanted to, like, die because I didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. But I didn't know how to end it with him. And we went on a date with his brother and his brother's girlfriend. And his brother and the girlfriend said to me when Jack was in the bathroom, they were like, we haven't seen him this happy in years. And I just felt like, oh, my God. Like, now I definitely can't break up with him because I'm the source of his happiness. So I'm obligated to stay with him even if I feel miserable. And it's just been, like, different situations and scenarios, but that's been kind of a common pattern in my life. Yeah. Again, that is so much pressure. I am the source of this person's happiness. So I'm a horrible person to take that person's happiness away. Right? Where does that leave you? It leaves me, like, stuck and feeling, like, nowhere good, I guess. Like, then I just abandon or go against myself just to make other people satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Your needs get pushed so, so, so far away. Yeah. But how would I, like, go about, like, in that scenario with Nick on Sunday, the situation when we were fighting, how would I go about, like, communicating that to him in, like, a healthy way? rather Communicating than- which part? Like, you hurt my feelings, um, and I know you're not supposed to use you, but, <laughs> like, you did this, you did, you, like, that's you never think my happened. feelings are hurt. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, like, how would I go about, I guess, I don't know how to set a boundary with someone. Okay, so what's the boundary that you want to be set here? That, um, I guess to not gaslight me. <laughs> I don't know. Is that even a boundary? I don't know. Yeah, sure. So you tell me what you think this would look like, and then I'll give you my opinion. Um, you say what you want to say. I don't care if it's messy or you think you're, it's coming off in a certain way. Just try to get – I want you to try to verbalize what you want to get across. I was just trying to get across to him. I said, I don't appreciate when – I tell you how I feel and you turn it around and tell me that it's my fault that you said that or did that. Yeah. That was me trying to set a boundary. I think that was very clear. You do? Yeah. I don't like when I'm trying to say something to you and you turn it around 
on me. What's not clear about that? What's rude about that? What's... I didn't think anything was unclear or rude about it. It was just that he responded by saying, so it's okay for you to tell me how you feel, but it's not okay for me to tell you how I feel. And then I felt even more attacked. (laughs) So again, right? Boundaries are for ourselves to keep ourselves safe and protected so we can put them up. Doesn't mean that person's going to listen to it. Hmm. So that's where the responsibility falls on us is okay now this person has shown me i've stated my boundary they're showing me that they don't care they're going to do what they want anyway they're going to say what they want anyway so now me knowing that me knowing that this is a person who doesn't care about my boundaries and aren't going to listen to me how do i navigate this do i continue to be in this conversation with them do i remove myself right so again, it's it's not that you're not putting up the boundary in a, in a better way or a more clear way. It's that this person wants to cross them and doesn't care about them. I think that's why I was going to leave. But then he was just like, you're leaving because you don't care about the relationship. Like, And then he said to me this is like mind-boggling he was just like babe when people are in a relationship they have (laughs) oh goodness (laughs) he said they're gonna have many different disagreements but you have to be willing to talk it out you can't just leave and then I was just like bro you broke up with me less than a week ago (laughs) and I was trying to communicate but you were just like nah I'm good bye so I was just like where the that doesn't make sense because you're telling me that we have to stick through it and work through disagreements and that's going to come up in our relationship yet you dumped me twice so how does that make sense it doesn't it's just it's one-sided there's one set of rules for him and there's a different set of rules for you i see he can walk away you can't yeah I guess that is kind of what it's like and of course he's gonna be like oh I really want to I really want to communicate with you right now when you're at your freaking limit where was this earlier and okay you don't care about the relationship do you care about my health you didn't tell me your mom had COVID (laughs) Yeah, I was... How did that just breeze by? Well, he said, he said, I didn't know. She was, she was fine. Like, she wasn't bedridden. And then I was just like, well, people can have COVID without being bedridden and like, you know, deathly ill. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that she had COVID that upset me. It was that he didn't tell me. And then when I found out he didn't know... I was just like, okay, then why didn't you just say, babe, I'm sorry. I This is the first time I'm hearing this. I didn't know if I would have known. I would have never let you come over. Like, that yeah. would have been a good response. And I said, yeah. I would have appreciated it if you would have answered that way instead of getting defensive and telling me I send you mixed signals. Yeah. That's where my issue was. Yeah, exactly. And it's getting so far removed from the point. 
Okay, you want to talk about communication techniques? Fine. We can talk about that after this point. This is the point that I wanted to bring up with you. This is why I'm upset. You want to tell me that I'm bad at communicating? That'll be a separate conversation, right? You can't get away from this by trying to bring up a million different other things to deflect on why mm-hmm. you're upset. That's what it is. You said deflect. Like, he he does that a lot. I don't think he knows it. But, like, I'm a very, like, emotional person. I'm very right-brained. And he's very, like, left-brained, like, analytical. Everything has a reason. And he will logic away my feelings because he rationalizes them with some information, which really pisses me off. It, it's yeah. like, it's we're complete opposites in that sense. And I, I feel like not every emotion, not everything I feel has to be analyzed. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. I think this goes back to what I might've said like two sessions ago, right? What if this just isn't your person, right? He's right brain, left brain thinking you're the opposite way. You're more open-minded. He's more closed-minded. Like what happens if that's the case. Um, yeah, that's like 95% the case. (laughs) (laughs) I just think like when I really love someone, I just won't throw in the towel. Like I have to exert everything I have until I know for a fact that it's not going to work out and there's nothing else I could have done or tried. Yeah. So what else do you think you could do or try doing here? So our um, couples therapist told me that instead of focusing on him changing and what he needs to do better, that I have to focus on what can I do better and how can I change? Okay. And what is his homework? I don't know. That's a good question. (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) so you just have to change and he could just go on doing what he's doing well yeah he basically said like you have to change how you view things or leave the situation he said those are my only two options which I agree because I don't want to I think it's like not healthy to stay in a, a situation where it's not serving you and all you do is complain Like, I've been on that end. I'm probably there again. But, like, I know that's not really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, So I agree with him. Like, you have to change the way you look at things or you have to leave the situation. Yeah. Yeah, in that sort of sense, right? Because you truly can only control you. You can't control other people. Like, you can't make somebody else change all this stuff. So in a sense, it's like, okay... I can't control this person. So it's either accepting that this is what it is and this is how it's going to be. He's showing me that this is what it is and you somehow coming to terms with that and being okay with that. Or you can only control yourself in the sense of, okay, this is not serving me anymore. So I'm going to remove myself from the situation. But in regards to the homework part, you changing yourself and this and all that, I don't, I don't agree with it. Yeah, it didn't make me feel so good, but I mean, it is what it is. I would rather like the truth than 
sugar-coated lie, but he did go to therapy yesterday, so. Individually? Yeah, with his, um, his 22-year-old therapist, who I looked her up on Instagram, which is, like, psycho girlfriend on my part, and it really pissed me off, because she's not unattractive, so. <laughs> I just got irritated. I was like, do I even want him to go to therapy now? Yeah. And now, so what is, like, what did he go for? Like, what is this supposed to be for? He doesn't know. A... Okay. He doesn't know why he's going. I, he, I asked him, like, how did therapy go? Like, I wanted to hear all the details. And he was just like, oh, it was fine. We just talked about my childhood. So I was just like, oh, like, what else? And he was just like, you know. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't think he knows what he's going for. I could tell his therapist a list of things to work on with him, but that's (laughs) not my place. Yeah. Yeah. He said he talked to her about our relationship. So. But you have to realize what he's telling her is through his lens. I know, that's why I don't know how it's helpful if, like, you know, they're telling their one-sided perspective that's completely subjective, and usually therapists, like, they don't pick a side, but, like, you're always going to take the side of your client, like, you're not going to be like, well, you suck, and your girlfriend is like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to empathize with your client so that you could best support them, and I know that's her job, so... I don't know how it's going to challenge his more maladaptive behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he's not aware of what they are. Or, like, maybe I like told him. An issue. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't think so. So, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Yep. So, how are you feeling? Um... I mean, I I think what we talked about last session, you said, like, maybe this was you. You said what would be, like, the final straw that yeah. broke the camel's back or whatever. And, you know, I don't really know because when I was really fed up on Sunday, I was just like, you know what, this is it. And I feel like that's kind of going to keep happening where, like, little things pop up and I'm going to be like, this is it, and then it's not it. And then mm-hmm. two weeks later, this is it. Then a month later, like, mm-hmm. so, I don't know, maybe a big blowout fight or whatever. But I've been thinking about that and I can't really say that it's clear to me because it's, like, very insidious, the things that happen. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have any physical proof that, like, what's going on is harmful it's just it kind of feels like it's all in my head mm-hmm. and is that not valid though I guess it is valid yeah it's just hard when I gaslight myself I was just about to say you're gaslighting yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. this is very much real and this is abuse Do you disagree? And I think you might, because like we talked about previously, you've been through severe physical abuse, right? And so I think your brain is saying, well, this isn't that. 
Yeah. But this is a very, very real side of it. So much so that uh, my clinical supervisor, uh, she works with Stony Brook. They're doing a study right now um, comparing victims of domestic violence who have had uh, physical abuse and others who have had more emotional, verbal, psychological abuse and doing brain scans on them. And what they're seeing is same results. Shit. Yeah. I wish I could be in that study. You can. <laughs> I've I, always wanted to be in a research study. You can. Um, they're still, they're taking people. They pay you for it. I'll send you the flyer. Yeah. I'll, I'll totally send you the flyer. I'm such a psych nerd. Like, all I want to do is participate in trial studies. You would love this then. And Kathy's wonderful. Her name is Kathy. Um, but... I don't even know why I didn't mention this to you because I'm supposed to be mentioning it to all my clients and then I forget. Oh, wow. But yeah, they, they need more people for the study. So I'll, I'll absolutely send it to you. Even if you need transportation, I'm pretty sure they'll get a car for you to go there and things like that. So that's crazy. I, I, I agree though. Like, so out of all the years that I've had like with that person that was really abusive, I have to say that the worst part was the verbal and the emotional abuse for me. Yeah. It was, you know, like I would have rather him punch me in the face any day because yeah. it was just like this like self blame and like this inner like crazy making that you think that you're losing your mind and you yeah. lose all sense of sanity. It's a horrible feeling and no one else can see it, especially when everyone's telling you, oh, he's such a great guy. He's, you know, like any girl would be lucky to have him. And then you're just like screaming inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You're not alone in feeling like that. I've had so many clients tell me that, right? I'd rather have him just hit me and got it over with than this ongoing daily mental verbal emotional abuse yeah I feel so sad for all those women like I just I can't think about it it makes me so upset like when I was in the DV support group a couple years ago like oh my god it was heartbreaking like it was the the people that I met there were so amazing and like I'll remember them for the rest of my life and sometimes I wonder I'm just like I I'm so scared, like, what happened to them. Yeah. So, but, um, anyway, I was going to say, I completely forgot this when we were, um, <laughs> when we were fighting and I said I was going to leave and go home, he started crying. Mm. And, you know, the first thought I had, I was like, wait till I tell Krista. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, are you crying right now? He was just like, am I really that bad of a person? Like, he wow. he started crying. And I think it was to, like, make me feel bad. That's the yeah. thing. Like, I didn't feel like it was coming from a genuine place, which was yeah. sus. Because I was just like, this feels really insincere that you just start crying the yeah. second I'm about to leave. Yeah. So what can we do differently if that happens again? Because that is what it is. That is guilt tripping. And that's him trying to, you know, turn the waterworks on. And what did I just say? Waterworks on. Um, (laughs) That wasn't English. (laughs) Um, 
and and play at your empathy and your heart. So what can we do to plan if that happens again? Yeah. Um what's something you could say, something you could do? I don't know. Cuz I feel bad. Like I hate seeing people cry. Mm-hmm. Like my first reaction is to console them and make them feel better. Mm-hmm. But in the moment I was just like is this like a manipulation tactic? I kind of got pissed off and I was just like and then I ended up saying, like, I never said you were a bad person. Like, I don't want you to think that. Yeah. So I don't know. What would, have, what would you do in that situation? I feel like you're my, my leader, like my role model. Oh. <laughs> um, I would say something like, okay, I see you're upset right now. I'm also upset, so I'm still going to take some time to myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave right? We could talk later. So you're validating that person. You're acknowledging, okay, I see that you're upset, but you're also standing up that you're also upset and I still need to take this time for myself and we'll talk later. Hmm. And you might notice when you do something like that, the tears might turn off like this. And then the anger comes out because you didn't fall into that trap. Hmm. Yeah, the tears did turn off shortly after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, now that you said that, it was like a five minute, not a five minute, five second like thing. And then it just stopped. Yeah. Which is interesting. But yeah, I think that would be a good thing to say. My questioning is if I would actually follow through and leave. That's my issue. And I, I think that he is picking up on that. What's the difficulty with the leaving? Um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to get home and then I have nothing to do. Or like, I don't really know what my issue is with that. Even when he like drove away, when, you know, he came to drop off my stuff and then he was leaving, I like kind of panicked and I was like, never mind. So I don't really know what the issue is with that. Mm -hmm. I don't like when people leave. Yeah. Does it feel like permanent in some sort of way or? Yeah, it feels kind of like abandonment, I guess, which Mm -hmm. is really triggering for me. Mm. I try to avoid it at all costs. (laughs) That makes sense. But understanding that this isn't that right? Telling yourself, this isn't, I'm not abandoning them, right? I just said, I'll talk to you later. I need to take some space. Yeah, it it feels like I'm abandoning them. And I think like, now that I'm uh, like, asking myself, why is that so scary or it feels so bad for me is because I think I know what it feels like to be abandoned and I would never want anyone to feel like that mm-hmm. especially yeah. coming from me so what happened with that for you what do you mean how have you been abandoned 
Um, I think, so, when I was younger, I definitely framed my adoption as abandonment. Mm. Now I don't really see it like that. Um, you know, if I was 21 years old and I decided to have a baby and I put up for adoption, that's very selfless, you know? Um, but back when I was a kid, I, I, I felt like I was abandoned. I felt like I wasn't good enough for my parents to keep me. Mm. Um, and then... My dad died when I was 14, and he didn't abandon me, but it felt like that. Yeah. Um, And then with my ex at 21, I would say that was, like, the cherry on top of the sundae because I felt like I tried to do everything for him, and I thought that if he really loved me, he would change his ways, Mm. and he didn't change his ways. And I was just like, what is so wrong with me? And why am I so unlovable that he couldn't become a better person for me? And it felt like abandonment. Like, I always say losing him was even harder for me than losing my dad, which is, it's like a lot. So I think those three instances have just kind of like did it in for me that I just hate the feeling of loss. Yeah. Yeah. And were you adopted as a baby or what age were you adopted? Okay. Yeah, I was adopted as a baby. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think also maybe something that we could work on going forward is to sometimes we equate like our own self-worth to our relationships with people instead of knowing our self-worth is just inherent and you don't have to do anything it's not something that's earned right you're worthy just because you are period but when we attach that to other people and they leave or they break up with us then we feel like we're wrong we did something bad instead of just keeping it separate and understanding that that person's ability to show up in a relationship has everything to do with them. Much easier said than done (laughs) and felt. But I think that's something that, you know, to think about moving forward too. Yeah, because I I have very low self-worth if it's not quite apparent yet. And I feel like I attach so much of that value to the relationship because I feel like, this person loves me so if I lose the relationship with them no one I don't have that love like it feels like I'm losing love which is really scary for me because I feel like I already am like inherently unlovable that's how I feel so it's like I'll do anything to avoid losing that perceived love I guess yeah I mean I might throw a wrench in this though but we have to talk about what is love Right, because abuse isn't love, and love isn't abuse. Yeah. I definitely need to um, work on my definition of love. (laughs) I don't think I've been shown what unconditional love is, really. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it looks or feels like. Yeah. That makes sense. You could only do what you've based on your life experiences, right? But hopefully in talking with me, we could kind of suss out. So I'm not a love guru. So I'm not going to be like, this is what love looks like. <laughs> but we could definitely, you know, 
move further from abuse and the bare minimum expectations and you know what what you deserve and what you don't deserve I think we could start there yeah that's a good place to start (laughs) when it comes to pleasure products I adore Tracy's dog and their ducking sucking and licking vibrator It's a cute two-in-one, tongue-licking, and clit-sucking vibrator that is magnetic rechargeable, easy to clean, 100% odorless, waterproof, and high-quality body-safe silicone that comes with 14 different modes. Tracy's dog believes that everyone deserves great sex and to own their sexuality. They bring loads of joy to their loyal customers, and you can receive free standard shipping on orders $60 and over at tracysdog.com. That's free shipping on orders $60 and up at tracysdog.com. <laughs>